Hello, you are listening to a roundtable discussion from the Buffy Rewatch, a bridge version, a lecture and screening series hosted at Vox Populi Gallery in Philadelphia throughout the month of October 2015. Each Sunday, we feature a season of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where we screen select episodes along with a lecture helmed within Buffy Academia. Followed by that, there is a roundtable discussion where the lecturers from throughout the screening series discuss topics related to the screen episodes and the season as a whole. This week, in conclusion to this lecture series, we are listening to the roundtable for season six and seven, and we'll be conversing around a specific topic in relation to the conclusion of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which is the battle between good and evil, or good versus evil, and some stuff about ordering pizza for everyone. So let's give a listen, and thank you for tuning in. This concludes this series, and I wanted to give a shout out to the podcast officially um, called The Buffy Rewatch from Robin Pearson and Cordia uh, that is published out of the tvcritic.org, which inspired me to put on this lecture series in the first place. I highly recommend you give them a listen. And lastly, we hope that you, the Buffyverse, enjoyed our discussions. Thank you. So I don't know if we'll get to all of that, but that's what I've been thinking about. Cool. All right, let's get yeah. in it. Right. Yeah, thank you. For- There's a lot going on there. I don't yeah. know, what are we tackling first? That's a lot to unpack. I, I know. feel like, you know, as our leader, so. Okay, <laughs> do, you guys talk, do you guys want to talk about the musical first? Well, well I'm going to order some pizza first. <laughs> so With guys, anchovies? Do you guys want anchovies oh, on? I don't want anchovies on it. She's got another reason to dislike Dawn. Exactly. She likes anchovies. Anchovies. Who likes anchovies? People on on television. That's true. It's like that's a standard trope for pizza on television. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. Yeah. That's weird. Um. Yeah. I mean, wait. I guess we can start with the patriarchy. Or yeah. I don't know. Let me do the intro. Actually, let me like uh, reintroduce everyone real quick. Let's do that. Um. Uh, go to mobile site. <laughs> uh, so, okay, last round table. Wow! Uh, th- this week, too, it's like stemming off of uh, Kate's lecture that we just heard. It's the battle between good and evil in the Buffyverse, uh, concentrating on season six and seven. Do they even exist in these seasons? D- yeah, that's, yeah, we were basically also talking about what is good, we were going to say, for topic. Um, and... Uh, and yeah, so that's what we'll be talking about. And to start off on the end here, we have James Myers from the Not Nearly Nerdy Enough podcast. Woohoo! Yay! Yay. Uh, we, and then his co-host Ann Cornell is here with us. Thank you, Ann. And they did. They were the season three lecturers. And then we have Megan Carr who did season two. Um, John McCabe's not here. He is, will be missed. He also did season two with Megan. It's probably um, camping. Yeah. <laughs> his, his last roundtable was last weekend. Uh, and then we have Homei King, who uh, is a professor from our college. He did the season four lecture. Kate, you just heard. Uh, my name is Beth Heinley. I did seasons one and two. So, hi. Yeah. Hi. Are you a cop um 
Sorry, I really just want to order some pizza. So the, by right, the well, basically the thing is, okay, you guys yeah. get in it, and the thing is too, by the time the pizza gets here, then that'll be a cue that we're done the round. So I kind of just want to ask like a more of a fan base question: How many of you actually loved season six and seven, or how many of you were just so disappointed and pretend that after five it doesn't? No, there was a lot of hands there. So yeah. all right, no, yeah, let's keep. I actually really liked season six is one of my favorites I thought when we went through and we started this and we ranked every episode though I found that most of my highest rated episodes were actually in season three and not season six um, yeah season seven I didn't like uh, like there's very few because I mean it was just like Buffy speeches the whole season it seemed like <laughs> like you know just her giving speeches and and then when writers make write jokes about how they're bad at writing in the episodes I really hate that and for instance <laughs> yeah. a, a cue to that would be when people are uh, talking oh there goes Buffy with one of her speeches oh and they make fun of Buffy, Buffy's speeches I'm like that's the writers making fun of their their like you know. That's yeah. I think that so. it becomes more self-reflexive in those two seasons where the writers are speaking in code to the fans and they're putting in in jokes and also the show itself is becoming more self-reflexive about its own constructs. Um, so one of the reasons I like, I guess they're all in six, is that there are a lot of referential episodes like Tabula Rasa was a Star Trek episode where the crew all lose their memories and they have to figure out who they are. Comedic, they make very funny assumptions about who they are and that turns out to be wrong. Worf thinks he's the captain of the Enterprise. Giles and Spike think that they're father and son. You know, that kind of, that's actually a direct remake of this um, TNG episode. Uh, the episode where they get locked in the party, um, the birthday party and they can't leave, is a remake of this Louis Buñuel film called The Exterminating Angel, if any of you have seen that. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, where they're locked, they can't leave, they're in this party and it becomes this kind of hell where they can't leave the party. Um, so that's you know another homage. And then the episode where Buffy is in the mental hospital and starts to think that the entire Slayer universe is a fantasy was also a TNG episode where I think it's Riker whose um, aliens try to convince him that you know it's uh, a hallucination that he was ever on a starship or whatever so that's to me that that kind of episode is where it's saying oh we have this fictional universe you've all kind of like started to naturalize it and take it for granted now we're gonna have some episodes that say, hey, maybe the whole thing is a ruse. And the trio. I mean, to bring, yeah. we talked a little bit about this when Beth had our preliminary pre-discussion uh, discussion without an audience, but to, to bring basically representations of who your fan base are, at least like the men, out there and just kind of poke fun at that the Star mm-hmm. Trek the but also obviously the writers are as big of nerds as all of us so it's mm-hmm. it's self reflective reflexive as well exactly. but the misogyny in it to me is is really that that's what makes those characters and Jonathan's eventual realization about what's what's happening and his kind of ethical turn during the course of the season but I don't know if that was, was that one of the first, or has that happened on a television show before where they're like, these, these, are, these are our fans and we're gonna make characters and mock them. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, I don't I know. Mean, I, I, I can't point it, when you say before, I can't think of it, 
I feel like I see it a lot now. That, yeah, I mean, now. That's that, what I mean. Like, Stephen Moffat is like the king of that now. Um, but I, I can't, I struggle to think about like... 90s. Yeah, like I can't think of other shows that, that would have done that. And who who brought it up that the Big Bang Theory is like a horrible... Like, n- you could just stop that sentence yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Big Bang is a horrible something. I, but the, but that that's like indebted to the trio that the trio kicked <clears throat> off this kind of oh, really? nerd culture celebrating it. I would yeah I wouldn't credit them yeah. with the celebration of nerddom. Like is, does anyone celebrate them? No. They're the bad not. guys. Yeah. And they're bad bad guys. Yeah. I mean they're funny, but like they're horrible. Because they don't even have an excuse to be evil. They're not demons. They're not soulless. Like, they're these annoying, wimpy human guys who feel powerless and so, like, scramble to get some sort of power. And the little power they manage to scrape up together completely corrupts them and makes them... But isn't that the point? Because they're they're human. They don't need a reason to be to be that way. Like... It's a big deal that Willow killed Warren because she killed a human. But he's an evil person. She also killed Rack, and it's never mentioned. Oh, good point. Oh, yeah. So I guess, assume yeah, Rack was a guy. How evil do you have to be for it to be okay to kill you, basically? Yeah. And according to Buffy, it just you just shouldn't ever. Well, that's no. but she that's she's like the epic hero. I mean, she's more than human herself in this show, and like Giles gets into that when he says, "Yes, yeah, she, you know, she would never do that she's when he hero. kills Ben." Yeah. So, but she tries to kill Faith. Oh yeah, yeah, she does. But again, <laughs> Faith is one of those people. Is Faith human? If you're a Slayer, are you human? Because you're no, kind of part of the human. Faith is also. Doesn't she have that Faith existential was crisis? Fucking too. with Angel and yeah. at that point. But Buffy didn't really understand her demon heritage at that point in the series. True, but I'm thinking like just from the larger arc of things. Oh, question. Yes. This just occurred to me. Does the show does do the writers propagate a class elitism? I mean, is there just classism by in probably the, everyone in the room being from a same? Well, what, like from a like, nerdery standpoint, yeah, or from the or Slayer, like the slayer being, thing, I'm yeah. better than you. Well, isn't that what season seven kind of dissects? Oh yeah, yeah that's, anyone can be. Which is, I guess, why it's so not that pleasant and uncomfortable to watch season. I mean, season seven as a whole. Yeah. I, I don't much care for season seven as a whole. There are parts of season seven I like that episode, talking uh, conversations with dead people is an amazing episode. But, like, on a whole season seven arc, eh. Yeah. I'm curious about the patriarchy. Well, I think it's pretty... I've always thought it was, like, a really simple reading. But, I mean, like, do you, you think the show is an example? Like, there is... Pa- well, there's... The, I mean, so religion. You have this male right. figure. And Beth, I think, what, you know, she talked about the Pope and the Master. Sure. Um, but, but, I mean, like, the... Most of the patriarchies that get shown are the bad guys. No, what about the um, the watchers? The watchers. The watchers, Council? the watchers Council are the bad guys in but, season but six. But it's a gradual. It's a gradual. That's what I'm saying. The whole. Well, but I think of it as a gradual understanding you come to. I mean, like that's I. I, I feel like I'm wondering, do I not see the patriarchy because I am the patriarchy? <laughs> <laughs> like, I 
I, when you I don't, watch you Buffy, don't think I think kids. Buffy is the, the you don't pinnacle think, of the I actually this wrote period. that down too. Yeah, What's that? With you, James, that Buffy is sort of at the end of it. It's I would I would say the, there's a matriarchy she is here. Woman. That's you know, but like I, think, Buffy. I feel like she has to step down from that. She starts to adopt the same type of leader. I am in charge. You have to listen to me. You're in the ranks, and that's why they have yeah. to push her away, and she has to go through that change and realize that she has to share her power. It can't be the the top down type of. So oh, sure, I, no. but why is that necessarily an example of patriarchy? <laughs> because the big, the big bad before that is Caleb, who's this man who is the, does the bidding of the first, and it's really coded as a masculine religious figure. He talks about women being... Oh, he, yeah, he is a total... No, I'm not arguing and that then, there isn't the patriarchy council, in this show. I just don't think of the show is, as an it's example. It's men old men who order women around and then the shadow I feel like any any time we get a patriarchy that pops up in Buffy it eventually is the bad guy yeah which is why I would say like I don't think of it as a show that like celebrates the patriarchy no 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 why did you think I oh I'm sorry yeah I I thought you were I thought you were arguing that like this show is secretly showing us the patriarchy (laughs) as like oh Buffy is really the patriarchy no I I never thought of it that way no 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 okay Top-down leadership and makes decisions. Oh yeah. Well, but, and see, like, well, this is a perfect example. Josh would probably hate that we're fucking having this conversation. Why? Like, you heard this because he just wants to tell you a story. Yeah. He shouldn't have to have like a grand. You, oh, you were okay. So, like, when you say about Tara and and Willow and how like that's kind of a really lame, like, cliche for a lesbian couple. Like, I don't know that that was Joss's intention. It was like, well, we've got these cliches we can use for lesbian couples. Let's use this one. Well, he just needs something to turn... And that's what the essay is about, is because he's a white male author. So he, he doesn't, doesn't think of that. He doesn't well, think it's of a, that. it's a checking your privilege sort of what? thing. Like, it's hard but to... But as a really person know. who's telling a story, yeah. does he have to think, that, I mean, how can I show these what? two people in the best light? He that, does. I think you do. Yeah. If you have power, you, that's then the whole point of Buffy. If you have power, you have to share it. If you're like a... But then who do you choose gets to be shown in the best light? And then where do you... Like, do you have to pick everybody and find the best way to show everybody in the best light? Because that's a boring story. People are complicated. They have good parts and bad parts. Well, I also do want to say, though, Joss, I, Joss is a sensitive writer, so I'm not going to like be like, oh, he's, he's not here, though, so we could totally yeah, try But no, no, there has been instances that I've read, like, for instance, when Willow and, is it Jenny, who's the rat witch? Who's, what's her name again? Amy. Amy, Amy. sorry. So uh, when, they, when they were in the club and her and Willow were, like, um, Getting super high on the magic, right? Yeah. And uh, and Do and they like answers? were manipulating everyone in the club, and and it, it started with the two guys who were being overly aggressive, right? Um, to about like dancing with um, Amy. Um, so, but and then she changes them into uh, male dancers and puts them in these cages or whatever. Originally, the writer I, f- I forget the the uh, writer who wrote that episode who was like the lead writer. Um, I forget his name. Sorry. Anyway, he originally wrote that he, her, uh, she put a spell on them to make them kiss. And Joss read the episode and cut that scene out because he didn't think being homosexual should be like a punishment. So no, I, I and, and what happened is, was a way better like so now, yeah, comeuppance for them. Absolutely, absolutely. So I, I do, do think that he is sensitive to it, but I do think that 
he's not God all seeing and he is a white male and we and we shouldn't like be like oh well he is or whatever we should point out that and critique it you know yeah, and not just like give excuses or whatever but that is like oh, I didn't feel like from. I was giving excuses I'm just saying like what as a guy who tells stories that get made into television yes why what's a better way to get your character to that end point if you want like what would you yeah, yeah how do you get Willow to go drunk do you Willow do if you don't, don't kill the woman she loves yes Oh, I mean, it's, I know the well, read the, on it, we totally understand, yeah. but yeah. it doesn't mean it wasn't exactly the right decision. And I know it happens, but how else do you get her there? If not destroy the one thing that, that was amazing that she waited a long time to, you know, I mean, how else do you get her there? Yeah, I think I, the story would have been the same if it was a heterosexual relationship. Right. It's it, the premise of Mad Max. Yeah. Right, also, right. Yes. We can go back to Giles and Jenny Calendar. Like he had Angela's kill Jenny right. to show, and again, it's like you know, it's a secondary character, and a lot of times, like their worst stuff happens to them because because yeah. they're driving the like, main characters. Then, yeah. So, yeah. and it can suck because. Here. Here, let's Wait, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. The real critique here isn't the question of how do you bring Willow to the place where she goes dark. The critique is that when you show one lesbian relationship, you end it with one of them going dark and the other dead. The critique isn't what steps bring Willow to that, because that story arc is perfectly built. The problem is that that's what you do with your one lesbian relationship. Exactly. I think it's the amount of representation, so it's tougher to like escape criticism from that. So like, yeah, I get that, and I do think like in some ways like yeah, that's the way it goes, but it's tough. Like it's tougher to just accept it as a plot point. Sometimes it's like that's the only one you had, so I can see the criticism. From yeah, I can't side. argue with that. But no, yeah. that that's <laughs> there, and there, there was some definite foreshadowing. They were going with that route even before her terror relationship, like with something blue when Oz broke up with Willow, and we were saying like how out of everyone else who had handled uh, like uh, death or breakup in Buffy handled it better than Willow did when Oz left her, being like a whiny crybaby, and then she had. That then her magic got out of control in that episode and she like caused a lot of harm unknowingly at that point to her friends and people around her. Um, mm. But in any case, and that was before there was uh, a homosexual relationship involved in it. It was just the way she handles loss. Yeah, I mean, like when I, when I see those things happen, I don't think of them as indications of, well, that's because she was a lesbian. Like, yeah. No, but no, that's not what we're saying. No, and and also, I guess, I guess, I guess maybe, maybe again, the whole premise of this was you've got a mix of people and you guys are coming from mm-hmm. it from like a fan pop culture. So when I when I read an essay that is critical of Joss Whedon doing that with a character arc, it's not it's not well how could he have done this differently? It's reading something that about a, a, a text about something that happened circa what two thousand and you know reading into the way that is handled culturally now that was a really important it wasn't it one of the first kisses it wasn't the first well and for a while they couldn't even they couldn't get even show that yeah. right. and then the, the sex this you know once more thrilling had the first real sex scene and yeah. there were all these you know pun innuendos and in, in that um and and it's it's and I'm I'm a, like calm, yeah, And and personally, like as a as a as a straight woman, I have been fascinated by the debate about this because I didn't understand that I didn't know that that was mm-hmm. like a trope. That of course now that I'm like wait, I've seen a hundred and something vampire movies. Like of course that's that's a trope, yeah. but that's the whole point of like the amazing writing about Buffy that's both academic and fan based is that you can be extremely critical without. Say that that we didn't, you know, like rewriting. I guess you can rewrite. 
you can do the, the, the slash fiction. So I'm sure Tara and Willow are alive and happy and a lot of online <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> stories. But He's consistent at just fucking with everyone. We can I mean, say that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sure. <laughs> and I also, I mean, obviously I also read a brace, which I, I haven't read as much about, but there have been some really great essays from the beginning about the way race was treated. Even if the writers were self-reflexive, as you know, the mayor's, um, the vampire who was the mayor's assistant, I forget correct. his name, said that, yeah. said that uh, Sunnydale makes DC look like Mayfair, I think it is. Mayberry. Uh, Mayberry. Mayberry. Um, so the, the writers knew what they were doing. Uh, it doesn't mean that you can't write amazing, tight essays. Being critical of that? <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. Uh, well, I actually, one thing about race that I wonder, I realized like a check your privilege moment for myself was with Principal Wood when after he got beat up by Spike the next day Buffy put was putting a band-aid on his forehead and it was uh it was white and it looked ridiculous and it looked comical and then all of a sudden I was like well like band-aids are made for white people they're colored and it's like for the our white skin and and it looks ridiculous on him and it's like this comedic kind of thing I don't know if they did it on purpose but it made me like really aware of this like um this everyday thing that you don't think about as like a racist object like band-aids mm-hmm. and yeah. I was like I, I don't know maybe I'm over reading it anyway that was a moment no, for me no I want to read anything yeah. Never. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I yeah that was like one thing for that but, yeah. yeah I wouldn't say that was an over reading if that's something that made you realize that that's that's well, a very there interesting was, there that you saw that that made you realize it. Yeah. I don't know that that's something he put in there intentionally to make I think you realize band-aids or... Yeah, you think it's it was like, an intentional... I do, because there was like a, a comedic pause when she did it about like oh, how okay. ridiculous he looked. There was like definitely... Huh. Yeah. I don't um, know. I feel like it didn't... Sorry. sorry. Oh, no, they were probably her band-aids, right? Well, it, they were at the school. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it was the first date at the school. Yeah. The, well, the idea of like her kind of like trying to... Um, like make better that relationship like oh sorry my boyfriend your ex-boyfriend your current boyfriend yes yeah. and i said i was like killed your mom yeah like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and stole her jacket come on you know yeah. but it's a nice jacket it is it's, like, it's a great jacket i know why i took it but yeah because also she's like culturally a different slayer too yeah yeah um, well, also, one other thing about patriarchy in uh, season seven when the Hellmouth was going all awry towards the end, how, like, foreshadowing to our present police state that we've dealt with throughout this year, when the police were getting all, like, super aggro with the crowds mm-hmm. and, like, using their authority in, like, this um, totalitarian way. Uh, with the potentials at the bronze towards the end. And I, I definitely was, like, thought that was really powerful to talk about this abuse of power within the police force, uh, like, uh, in such an, like, I feel like that was, like, before an early kind of, like, on TV, like, showing that on television to, like, the present state of what we've been going through in our country this past year. Um, was that, that even was metaphorical, like, post 9-11, and then we had, like, a lot more controversy after that, like, with Patriot Act and surveillance and stuff, so it's, like, everything's going crazy, so, like, yeah. we have to lock it down right now, and, you know, sometimes take some, you know, big steps to do that, and can worry about whether or not that's actually, you know, ethical, whether we should be going this far, so I don't know if that was their kind of microcosm metaphor right there. Or just the futility 
the, the police amping that up doesn't do anything. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, the let's just be honest. The Sunnydale out. police have never been all that great. Okay. <laughs> well, no, but it was like, it stood as like, it what they were doing, was crea- it was creating more chaos on that. The police now, are so, way more yeah. present in season six and seven than they are yeah. in all the other seasons combined. Absolutely. Yeah. Unless you need a car in season three, but, you know. Yeah, it's funny. Like, oh, God. Just, like, yeah, right. snippets where yeah. every time there's a demon incident, the town like clamps down and creates a kind of narrative where it's not supernatural, which is a very funny thing. And I think in these two seasons, also, you get the show reflecting a bit more on the internal the logic uh, or lack of logic in the cosmology that it's created. So even like in that one we saw where. The guy's like, oh, is, the, is there a God? And she's like, yeah, there's not really word we don't on, have that notes on that yet. What that's saying is like, you it, know, this, this Buffy universe has not made up its mind mm-hmm. about whether it's a theological universe or not, but clearly there's a heaven because Buffy was there, mm-hmm. so there's something. So it's like, it knows that it's not totally coherent. Um, and it's dealt with in a way that I think other writers, like say Chris Carter, did not, you know, they, yeah. they try to clamp down in some ways and yeah. spin out of control. I didn't watch Lost, but I know a lot of people are upset <laughs> with, with the way that that show didn't went. Make sense. And I feel, yeah, I feel like Joss Whedon creates this like very porous yeah. universe. That and, then, and it's definitely, it's, it's back and forth and it's selective about when they decide. Like I, 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 the whole keeping everything on the down low and there's nothing happening here, folks, was like part of the storyline of like Meryl, Mayor Wilkins. Yeah. That, that was his deal. Like it was, he but made sure everyone he knew what was going on. And he was with the mayor, but he wasn't. Like, well, sorry, the principal. You thought the principal was with the mayor. So there right. are these conspiracies. It's like you think the police are in on it, but they're actually. Right. But then there are definitely other little like things where other people do know. Like there's Willie's bar, and Willie clearly knows all the deep, yeah. you know, and that's just a regular old bar owner guy. Um, there's the episode where Amy Mann is the music guest, and as she's leaving, she says, "I hate playing vampire towns." Yeah. yeah. Like so, clearly they're they're building a universe where like not everybody Some is blind and trying to pretend yeah. that. Buffy's Buffy's she's in Cleveland in the right. alternate in the the Wish. Oh, right. She's yeah. by, Cleveland's another Hellmouth, and having gone to college outside. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you you know where that Hellmouth is. I, I love when Cleveland popped up in in yeah, no Buffy as a Hellmouth. That makes sense, Ohio. Yeah. Uh, did we talk about the Spike, uh, his attempted Buffy rape? I'm sure we or... didn't talk enough about Spike yet. So <laughs> no. really, I don't know. I was ordering pizza. I don't know if I missed it. No, you did not. Well, because I mean that, for instance, we're talking about like uh, ways to like push a character somewhere, and how writers are, are right. doing that, and, and a lot of people who were fans of Spike were really upset that out of nowhere like spike had this like truly he, it was like this sick devotional love there's right. definitely an s and m kind mm-hmm. of relationship between him and buffy and he is the slave and buffy is the master and like that and then that's the dynamic and then out of nowhere like in that relationship for him to attempt rape is really actually out of character for how that romance had been. But isn't but this is an argument I have with Anna. Yeah, okay, yeah. He's evil. Yeah, he, he doesn't is. have a soul. Oh, he's oh. got a chip. So how can you say, oh, it's too far to make an evil character try to rape somebody? But what I talk actually, about, like, what is far the other way? Like he's evil, but he would practically die. He would die. For but you guys, Bobby. you guys, the, the whole. Uh, 
not to be like the banality of evil, but most rapes are acquaintance rapes, and most rapes probably happen in that manner. Totally. By people that you totally mm. trust, and then they're still friends with all your friends, and, That's you know, Don <laughs> still trusts him. I mean, this is probably one of the most realistic depictions of how something like totally. that happens. And, and you're, and you're trying life. to take... You're trying to make a binary out of this thing where, like, how can you be this and do this at the same time? That totally happens all the time. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure plenty so. of no, people actually, thought way- Bill Cosby was a really nice guy and they met him. And he's yeah, really yeah. Really, yeah. You know? Then they Probably have some the- fruit punch and next thing you know. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Like, uh, that was sick, sorry. But it's, uh, yeah, it's creepy. Like, but no, Spike like, does go through the most hardcore redemption of any character when he get, tries to get his, when he gets his soul back. Um, you know, maybe that we, makes up So do we call it a redemption? Because this is another argument I have with Anne. Yeah. Well, can you, get, can you redeem yourself from attempted rape? If you don't have a soul? I think you can. I mean, if you don't whole, have a soul. But if he had a soul, he, well, we wouldn't be able to forgive him for that then. I hope if he, he had can. a soul. I mean, otherwise, well, should every no. attempted rapist be put to the electric chair? That's what I'm asking. Like I'm, I'm seriously blowing this up into a much larger issue. Like, what what is forgiveness? Maybe that's right. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, what what do we say are redeemable crimes? Are there crimes that we say, no, 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 you can't be redeemed from that. You're just that's what you've done, and that's who you are now. No, I think in this in this universe, redemption is a real possibility. It's there for Willow. It's there for Spike. Andrew. Andrew. um, Yeah. In this universe, that's something that. Is you're you're definitely keeping it tight to this universe, but no, 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 you're I, not going to expand it to the real world. I think there's also a big difference between attempted and actual. Like, I, I think he actually would have done it if it wasn't. Yeah, I mean, like, well, that, that, she, where do you draw the line at that? Because he probably would have if she, she had stopped him. But she stopped him. It's, did he stop it? I don't know it? if he, he had that. Could he, could he have with the chip, though? Or is that just stopping? It the didn't work. Chip doesn't well, wait a minute, wait a minute. I feel Buffy like he could have with the chip, even if it wasn't Buffy, because I don't think he thought he was hurting anybody in that scenario. Oh, yeah, you're right. He wasn't trying right. to hurt Buffy. He was trying to make her remember well, she hold was. Up. Can we talk about techni- technicalities here? Sure. <laughs> the chip was not working on Buffy after right. she came right. back. So, so that, he could be right. as evil, do whatever he wanted to her. But no, that was, same, I thought that was an interesting point. He the intent. He wasn't yeah. intentional. This wasn't His intent hurting. wasn't, oh, he I died. am going to yeah. physically so hurt you and rape you. But didn't he, like, he, when he was... It was, was, was kind of like when he realized... When he had a gun, did he accidentally point a gun at someone earlier and he... He didn't even realize it, like he wasn't trying to hurt them, but even putting yeah. a gun at someone. So the chip works even when he's not in. I think there's some inconsistent yeah. chip. There's well, yeah, yeah, that's the other problem. Yeah. We're, we're yeah, yeah, asking no, for right. too much consistency on chip if technology. If you have one of any tips on writing, just add a chip to it. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, we've learned here. I'm sure that there's a whole blog about chip, chip. inconsistencies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, like, the beginning of when he could hurt her was the beginning of their romantic relationship. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of like... What an incredibly uh, apt uh, metaphor for love. <laughs> <laughs> You can't love someone who can't hurt. You only hurt the ones you love. Exactly. But that was also something I was curious about is the inconsistency of Buffy's strength as the season kind of goes on. I feel like she lets him get like really close and then she 
and then she stops him. You know? Like, that's kind of like... The, 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 the whole streak thing has always been inconsistent throughout yeah, the series, I feel right, like. But right. but she there's also, though, she mentions, like, she wanted to be punished. So I think there's a lot of situations where she's letting... And she was also... Season six was depression Buffy, also. too. Yeah. yeah. Um, she was depressed and like wasn't able to feel anything. That was like she like in once more with feeling. She's like she wanted the fire back, and so she used this sexual relationship to feel something and to have something to feel in her life. But she was it wasn't real though. She realized she was using Spike and wasn't getting out of it. Like I mean, because really as. I mean, characters, he is the bad guy and she is the good guy. They are opposites. And that's what was so destructive about the relationship. It was this hatred that was the attraction. And, you know, that's not, like, for instance, the, in the Smash, their first coming together, the the zip heard around the, buckle, the world. The belt, the belt buckle and zip part. Oh my God, I love that. Anyway, but they, they were, the, the house was a metaphor for what their relationship was going to be, which mm -hmm. was this abandoned house and they, it was just being destroyed through their sexual encounter. And, and that um, really painted the picture of like what this relationship was, I feel. It's, it's much ado about nothing, which of course we didn't then <laughs> made at yeah. home. Yeah. Years later. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so Spike getting going for the redemption, I also, uh, I feel like he then through season seven, like in getting his soul uh, is what brought him to be the champion, the hero of like, you know, all, I mean, they, the season finale chosen, like Spike saved the world. Spike mm -hmm. was the one who saved the world this the right. very last season, um, and the 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 attempted rape, or I think we're calling it attempted rape, like was the catalyst to to that arc, to that going down that path. But he was, I mean, he was already obviously on the. I agree, yeah. it's a catalyst. It was yeah. like the turn. Yeah. But he wasn't. He was going there to get the chip out too. What to like the. A, to the oh, this is a good no. This is a good thing because I've been wondering this too. No, is they, that what he was going no, for? No, no, no. They, they wrote that ambiguous on purpose. That was like just. To That's be like what I thought. Tease, I thought they were being ambiguous. But, but I, thought, yeah, I think he was going there for his soul. He intended to go for his soul. Yeah. That's how Except I, the yeah, way that he talks about it. I don't think so. He talks about getting the chip out. He talks about making that bitch pay. Yep. I'm gonna make her pay He's with going my to get soul. To no. be put the way he was before, meaning with I read it always as before the chip. Yeah, that, that's soul. what I'm he saying. Like I could never decide. I never read that did he go there to get the chip out or the soul in? That bitch yeah. is gonna pay. Doesn't sound very. I thought it was like soul bearing. Thank you. Uh, yes. But, I mean, when he still calls her a bitch, that yes. bitch will get yes. what she deserves. Like, when I get my soul, that's kind of a weird. He's like your soul. That's which is why, which, which, which I took as, oh, this guy's fucking evil. Of course he's no. screwing. Um, because he deserves a man who has a soul. That's what he. Yeah. That's. I think you're right. Adding bitch to that is a pretty weird no. way to I say something. Like just trying to keep the audience. Have you listened at like? I, I just think like I. Every, every time I've watched it, I thought no. I really don't know what the answer is here because I thought exactly like Kate I, was. Well, he yeah. went to get the chip out. And the guy screwed him, giving him his soul. I always thought. Or did, was he really too. going no, for his soul the whole time? I think they played with it, and made it a little ambiguous in the beginning, so it's not to spoil yeah. it. But then by the end, it's yeah. very clear. They successfully okay, made it ambiguous. Let's not respectfully agree to disagree, even though you guys are really wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Hold up. Wait, because actually, like, 
I'm right, because, like, he was going to get a soul, but, I mean, I would know, hello, look at me, okay? Um, Why would you have all this ritualistic purging kind of trials just to get a chip out of your head? That That's a The fact that we're having this argument is because the writing was not good, and they were trying, they were being a TV show, they were being a TV show, and they were, like, teasing the audience. That's what TV shows do, but to that... Sometimes it damages like the storyline and we creates these frustrating arguments we're having today, which is about Spike going to get his soul back. I'm gonna watch that for the thirtieth time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna watch it again. I feel like it's the same thing. It's just a shroud, like what yeah, the purpose exactly. was the audience in the dark. Like we yeah. saw him like go this far and it was just So yeah. but you would argue they definitely wanted us to think that's what he was going for. Was yeah, they the wanted check. to play with it they to make to us like, like is he gonna come back and kill us? I got I got that sense too, like but I mean like I still was like, wait, no, but I can also see the storyline going, he really did want the chip out and that guy just screwed him by giving him a soul here's another reason on this on this side of the argument angel is a vampire with a soul but he didn't he didn't have to go through these sort of torturous trials to get it that's because this skin put on this, as a but, curse this is like, in a way them the authors differentiating spike from angel mm-hmm. he's another vampire with a soul but he's one that chose it and went through hell to get it back. Well, but I mean, the, the, argue, the argument is those trials were specific to like purging to get his soul back. I could have easily seen that as you've got to go through these trials to get a wish from me. He could have wished for Another a bag of really good cookies. Yeah. Episode and I still gone through the same trials. That you rewatch all you non-soul naysayers <laughs> is when Spike comes back in season seven and it's the first episode Buffy finds out that he gets his soul back and they're in the church and he's like on the cross, yeah. which is beautiful and gothic moment. But yeah. he's explaining to her, like he says like, Explains like his intention for going. Oh yeah, and getting no, his soul he, back. Yeah, he does yeah. kind of. So that that concludes like that he was that was his intention, and that I feel like that uh, episode solidifies like this. But whole when idea. it's happening, it's totally. And it's that's what I'm saying it's a writing device. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, don't know I think it's on. It, yeah, for sure. The writing at that moment when yes. it's happening is on the chip side, but later yes. it's on the soul side. Yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> Agree. Yeah. Oh my God! Don't play me. Um, yeah. Okay. So. Anyway, our. Um, Did you ever spike about that? Oh wait, one last spike through? thing I wanted to talk about. I wanted to hear. Is like a big thing with the fans. So, uh, the is it the chosen finale? I think it is. Like when everyone's like, what the last night before the apocalypse? The you know, whether or not they slept together. Whether or not they slept together. It's like before sunrise. Whenever. No, I I don't think I took that. I thought it was was total like innocent, innocent sunrise. Earth. Who just thinks he they kneeled spoon. before her and said, "You're the one, spooning Buffy." Only. Who's on the spooning, spooning side? They spooned the spoons. night before. <laughs> They're gonna spoon again? Yeah. He, I mean, <laughs> he's desperate, like as close to her as he can get, and I don't think he feels worthy of that intimacy with her anymore. Wow, the the S and M relationship continues. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry, that was an evil laugh, but. <laughs> um, Okay, well, one thing I think I did hear, like, read an interview with the writers where they were saying that uh, after Spike's attempted rape in season six, that they could never write a romantic kissing, like, scene with them again. They thought it was taking, it was too far. Um, So I I think that's, it's left open on purpose. So if you're me, you think they had sex that night, and if you're... 
James, they did it. What? No, they, no, they totally, <laughs> they totally just. You think they did? And you think yeah. they spooned? Yeah. I think they spooned. Yeah. But that's not because I think. No, wait. Am I the only one who's like? I'm a huge no, fan no, of complex oh, characters. Like, I'm, I'm not dismissing that it couldn't really happen annoying. because of the attention. Okay. Okay. So I don't have an opinion. I think they deliberately left it ambiguous oh, yeah. so that people who want to believe they did. And people so that you can have your they did it fantasy. I'm writing some fan fiction. <laughs> Just for our panel. <laughs> Just for me. It's like a two-shot adventure book. Okay. Um, but in any case, Spike is like definitely why I, I really like the character is because of the ambi- ambiguity and like the ideas and writing about good and evil that his character brings out, like as you question, like you know the morality of his his um, character arc, um, the antihero, and I think that's the pizza. Yeah. <laughs> but those are the most fun villains, the ones that are really charming who are redeemed, and then you can really cheer for them. <laughs> Yeah, no, and that's such a classic serial TV trope because you have so long of an arc to do that is that you can start off with kind of like typecast characters and then mess with them or gradually change them later on. And I like that about TV. But I mean, you don't even have to, it doesn't even have to necessarily be that way either. I was thinking when we were talking about this, Spike being bad and going good, uh, I'm not sure if any of you have ever seen a show called Deadwood on HBO. But there's yeah. swearing yeah, is the bad guy, and that first season he is like he's a murderer, he's a robber, he's going to kill children, he's the worst guy ever. By the second season, he still does all those things, but all of a sudden you're like rooting for him because he's actually protecting people you like, and you find out it's a little more complicated. Yes, he still kills people and robs people and conspires to do horrible, evil things, but he's doing some of them to protect people who are innocent and nice and that you like, and he doesn't want horrible things to happen to them. So I, when you can have bad guys and accept that, oh yeah, like they do horrible, evil things, but you actually are still on their side. For that, That's when, when we were talking about the, that's why I'm fascinated by that attempted rape conversation thing with Spike and, and whether or not you can redeem yourself from that. Because I feel like a lot of people, the knee-jerk reaction is, no, no, of course not. If you've done something like that, you must be a horrible person. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, I mean, especially in fiction, everybody's a little, we're all horrible people in some way. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of horrible people in the world, but they also do nice things and good things, and some of them are our family and friends. It's still a bit Do we have a horrible person who wants to weigh in? No. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> wow, okay. We're all horrible people. For those of us that are a little older, and, and to remember Buffy when it first came out, it, it's writing and construction seemed much more Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, where the good guys wore white, the bad guys wore black, mm-hmm. and there, there was no in-between. Um, what happened with Spike and some other characters in, in the storyline is they started to introduce the lovable anti-hero which is a very complex construct mm-hmm. in a Cowboys versus Indians, good guys wear white type right. of scenario. And even today, we're grasping with how that square peg in a round hole thing fits into right. the storyline. Mm-hmm. Yes. Or just the whole light but, and dark thing that's very problematic as well. Yeah. But I've always, I've always seen that in the context of like growing up. Because when you are a sophomore in high school, things are very black and white. Mm-hmm. Oh, they, totally. They, they are what they are. And like, as an adult, you, you 
learn to deal with complexities. That's exactly what I was thinking of when, when he was talking about that. Like this is this is this is a show about like learning when you grow up. Like of course when you're little, like that's why they teach you about well Columbus, he discovered America. Like that's what you hear when you're in third grade. Yeah. And then as you get older you learn, well it wasn't really all that nice and friendly and Don't put those really yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, are you guys talking I still don't get why yeah. Buffy says that Don can go watch. to Spikes after. So soon after. Mm-hmm. Where do you want to go? Where do you feel you, safe in Spikes? Okay. Because, okay, wait, here's why. So, yeah, I don't, because I don't know. she knows at this point she needs somebody to protect him. Spike is the power. And at this point, like, Spike kind of owes her one. I mean, like, she knows she can control this situation to a degree that at least Dawn stays safe. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't think it's a like. Oh my God, I trust Spike enough. It's I know Spike, and I know what I can, like trust him to do. Like not in a Clearly trust. Not. I trust. No. Not yeah, a, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Here, pass the mic. Should we wrap up and uh, no, continue? No, let's keep going. going. What does this? <laughs> oh, okay. What okay. other topics did we not get to other than Spike? Do you yeah. guys want us to keep going? There's so much. Yeah. Keep going. Everybody. All right, let's yeah, come get pizza. Hey, Adam, can I have my water? Thank you. No, no nobody I wants to, to redeem Warren, right? We all hate Warren. Yeah. Nobody wants to redeem Warren, right? We all no, hate Warren. No, I don't. Yeah, they're like really similar. Things yeah. Things yeah. That they both do. What? Uh. Like they both have love that character both got broken well, up with. But, and they but both, like, Warren was like Buffy wanted to protect Warren so that he could go and be. I mean, I know our criminal justice system is a joke, but to face the consequences of his actions, she wasn't saying this is black and white and now you need to die. She wasn't making that that judgment. It was. Oh I, no! But I felt like Buffy was protecting Warren solely for Willow's benefit. Yeah. 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 Like to keep Willow from doing something that would. Make her work to Less about Warren in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. It's also the cycle of revenge, which is endless. You know, you killed Tara, now I the have to kill you. Now you have to be killed. Now the person who killed you has to be killed. It's, it's a violent, it's without end. And the only way to stop it is for somebody to not claim the revenge and to exercise forgiveness or something else. So I remember the total topic of this supposed to be uh, good and evil. So should we go down and say who's good and who's evil? <laughs> I, I don't know, I thought that point of that was that it's so muddled. Yeah. <laughs> that. No, that's why I thought it would be fascinating yeah. for us to decide who was good and who was evil. That's actually, although they're pretty stark opposites at the end of the By the end. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't think you could necessarily say any of them. The first of the first. I mean, actually, Andrew's redemption, I'm fascinated by. Yeah. I love that character. His, his Andrew does some really fucked up shit. Amazing. Like that. He's also a vampire. The actor's a vampire early on. And the Minions. Minions. Yeah. But, um, I mean, Andrew, you actually, he, because he's such a talker, he vocalizes that redemption in a way that, like, other characters don't. 
Yeah, you understand like the mentality. He talks himself that. through it, right? I mean, that's how they seal the they seal the seal mm -hmm. um, with his tears in that fa fabulous episode, um, the masterpiece theater episode where he's oh, foaming. I would have loved to show that too. That's one of my favorites. Yeah, that's another funny self-reflexive thing. Um, Principal Snyder. What about him? Is it good or bad? <laughs> Good or evil? Uh, I, oh, think I, good. Good. I think he's good. You think he's good? He's just yeah. a little. He was just a, a total geek dilettante. in high school. Yeah. He hasn't gotten over it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's what I got from Band Candy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And in fact, like he's yelling at like you know the mayor in like snake form, like you know this is just completely unacceptable, and it's out of order and decorum, and right. um, gets eaten. So you know. So by that nature, even though he's been a constant obstacle for he's, Buffy getting anything done. He, yes, he's a pain in the ass, but he's not evil. So. Like, he's not killing people. Yeah. You know, like, Warren's human. Right. Warren, Warren's, like, a non-demon human who does evil things and kills people on Buffy. But, because I feel like human beings get a lot of um, forgiveness because they're human with the whole soul thing. Yeah. But, uh... Like Warren, though, like takes it. I think it's like killing is what killing another human being is what takes it to that evil level. Yeah. I argue with Warren when he starts building women to yeah. own a body without having to deal with interpersonal skills. Well, see, I Pesky would say, say okay, I don't really judge him for that because um, sex toys are really common. Okay. You know, like a lot of people have sex with blow up dolls. But a blow up doll doesn't talk to you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, it does to some people. He gave that thing like a person. That, that was a per, that was a personality. That was a yeah. Like he like that almost was a person. And he did, well, he was smart enough to do it. Responsibility for his creation. Uh, yes. It that wasn't that he created her because I I actually agree with Beth. That was I mean obviously you can read it that way, but I try to be a little more open about that. Need. No. Thank you, Kate. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, oh, okay, well, so, so we're into the trio. Uh, are the trio evil? Are they are they victims who just like turn bad because of their own victimhood that they've had to deal with? Or mm -hmm. and does yes. that give them any like license to for us to forgive them a little because they no. had it rough as you know? Well, poor I feel like problematic boys. <laughs> They're, I think they're evil, and I think, the, but the problematic part of that, even though they're human, because they do kill people and they act out of their own selfish needs. Even Jonathan, who, who redeems himself by even uh, you know telling Buffy how to defeat Warren, right, um, by breaking his balls, <laughs> um, you know. But that didn't even redeem him. Buffy really didn't care that he did that. Um, yeah. But I think it's problematic with with uh, Andrew in season seven because he's like living. Andrew's perfectly fine with killing people. Yeah. Like, several times. Mm -hmm. Jonathan never is. Yeah. Jonathan objects to killing people all along in Warren, obviously. Just totally <laughs> but he, he lacks the backbone to, like, um, But that's not mean evil, it. right? Mm, he's also so little. Who's going to pay attention to him? Gonna right, but I mean, are, are we saying the all that is required for the triumph of evil is for a good man to do nothing kind of a thing? Or, like, mm -hmm. that makes Jonathan evil because he didn't do anything? Mm -hmm. I, like I, I don't like the it. word evil, and it's yeah. kind of, I just don't think it works in season six and seven. Yeah. In the first, but that the joke is, they're like, you want evil? We'll give you something that doesn't even have like. Right, and here this is my situation where I I'm trying to put a binary on a show 
that has objected binaries and constantly tried to blur the lines between yeah, binaries yeah, all the I time. Know. I'm saying that they just like, are totally relentlessly trying to smash the, the bin first binaries. The first is evil, no question. Everything else is kind of up for grabs. And, you know, with the trio, I would say, you know, it's more like guilty or not guilty. And there are real life cases like this where it's mm -hmm. like, you know, some doofus guys who got were on for the ride and, you know, they didn't really, you know, the whole thing with like, they're like, we didn't do anything after Tara's dead. And they're like, shut up. She, she's already deemed you guilty. Like I have two more to go. Mm -hmm. That, I mean that, I guess that's just the, que the kinds of questions that are circulating. Also, it seems apparent through the uh, Buffyverse that they're against capital punishment, like that the writers like, are, are putting that message forward because yeah. that even though Warren, you know, killed yeah. Tara, Buffy does not is going to fight a for lynch, his life. But it's a lynch mob. It's Willow's yeah. one-person lynch mob. Yeah. Well, isn't capital punishment Going to the a lynch police? mob though? Yeah. Isn't it though? No, not this. It's it's not. It no. I, I think it is. I think no. I don't think our government has a right to take another. I I agree with you, but I think lynch mob is what Willow does when you go to a police station and you try. That's to... That's vigilante She's, justice. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, that scene where she goes to the police station and tries to break them out echoes scenes from uh, old westerns and oh yeah, Young Mr. Lincoln. Yeah, to kill Mockingbird, where the people show up with their pitchforks or whatever. Uh, also, guns are definitely evil. Yeah. There's yeah. one thing that's definitely evil in Buffy. Guns. Yes. Mm -hmm. Never helpful. Mm -hmm. So, guns are bad. Great, we got one yeah. thing down. <laughs> uh, yeah. the, um, the, the, the theme of violence through <clears throat> maybe end to end, from beginning to end of Buffy, reminds me a lot of, um, forgive me, um, I think it's the second Matrix movie where Jet Li says, you don't know someone until you fight them. There's something very intimate about fighting. It's not sex, not sex can confuse with violence, but when someone, when you have an enemy who articulately is against you, it's an extremely Well, but that fact. fits in with what we were talking about before, like you can't love someone who can't hurt you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yes. And on that note... Did no, we no, cover no, it yeah. all? <laughs> I, I mean, I was getting pizza, like what did I miss when I was getting pizza? <laughs> Not yeah. much. Oh, okay. I zoned out for a little while. We got no, into Columbus. Actually, there's, there's so much more. I just like we even really talked about the musical episode that much, which we all think is probably mm -hmm. one of the best television episodes ever made. And right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. And uh, and and again, the essay. I wish. I mean, I hate to be like this wonderful essay that I reread a couple of days ago. Um, that's on the Vox website. I wish I could be more articulate about it today, but. Um, about the way these how how do how does questions how do rhetorical questions function in that episode? Are we actually getting to the truth? Um, a lot of the things that are sung are questions. These aren't these aren't you know they, it's it's read on a very simple level as a, all these characters confessing to one another, but actually they're not really listening to one another either, mm -hmm. and that's really what that that essay focuses on. And I mean, those all of that is up for debate as well. Like for instance, does you know. Does Buffy, is, one of the questions the essay talks about is, does Buffy even, is she even listening to what she's singing? Like what she's saying? Because she even says to Giles the next day that she doesn't remember 
Uh, oh, I think that's because she didn't want to admit it. She didn't to want to admit it, but there are other points in the in the episode where she's just not really listening very carefully. She was in the middle of a montage, so she couldn't hear. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. She was like there slow-mo, are, and he was <laughs> there, regular time. There are a lot of moments where people are, are not quite yeah. hearing. In that way, it's yeah. a mirror to Hush, which is silent, opposite of musical, mm-hmm. but also where people are cross-communicating or not listening to each other. We need more musical numbers. Yeah. <laughs> Just well, in life in general. I mean, one of the yeah. most amazing musical numbers is um, when Anya gets like a sword. Oh, yeah, we were talking about that before you came, I think. That's that, that, that musical number, that extra Anya bit that you get, is amazing. It's an amazing number. I don't know what you're talking about. When Buffy part. stabs Anya through the heart of the frat house, it just like, and then oh, it clips, it cuts to like an. Uh, Oh, this, we didn't oh get I to forgot see. about that. I yeah, okay, the flashback misses to that. Mm-hmm. or some bullshit about taking his last favorite. And also Xander leaving Anya, my second favorite character, oh. at the altar. We didn't talk about how evil Xander is. <laughs> I was kidding. But, no. Yeah, evil, but, but he's still in very many ways a child. Yeah, well, we also, like, thinking about realistically their ages, they're, like, 21, yeah. getting married. But also, not only, Xander's doing really well. Like, yeah. he's, like, ahead of, like, in the construction at, like, the sites and stuff and making really good money. And he's just 21 years old. Did you see those chairs? He's, like, did you guys talk, really nice. did you guys talk about this before? Because we talked mm-hmm. about it in our pre-discussion, how... And I've, I send emails about it too, like how yeah. I love how Xander is treated as someone who isn't, again, within like a structure like the academic system, isn't doesn't fit in, but is able to uh, provide an alternative outside of getting a college degree and make and making a living and finding something you're talented at. And I thought that was really amazing to see on an all white like television show about you know upper middle class. California high school kids at that yeah. time. I just, it was just, I thought it was That's so not a story amazing yeah, to me. We did, we did talk about that. Um, and they're disrespectful. You know, they make jokes yeah. at first, but like yeah. it's, it, it it's, works through that. They still make fun of them, like proper yeah. tool maintenance. And, yeah, but well, even like, yeah, the episode we saw tonight when his, his car broke down. But it's not, like, about, right, it's not about, it's not about not going to college or flunking right. out yeah. or like yeah. living mm-hmm. in his parents' basement. No, but it's also that yep. the, there's a teasing you do with people you love and it's an affection. No, it's, they, it definitely shifts. He actually gets some respect because they are awful to him when they're applying to college. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. But he kind of like in the Zeppo where it's like you don't have a thing, have all these powerful friends. This is totally his power he brings to the group now because how much shit do they destroy? Yes, exactly. We were watching the episode yesterday. Remember, and he's like, how many times do I have to replace that window? Like everyone keeps just like busting through it, so he can come and clean it up and fix everything. But yeah, he always brings the heart. He's the heart in the yes. powerful at end of season four. The the. I don't know what it is when it's four people. Quadrant. Quadrant. Nemesis. Quadrilla. The episode where they all come together yeah. to be But then he's then he Quartet. sucks Quartet. Willow. Like he's like he, you know, he, he, his heart is his power, but then he is so confused over Anya and what what to do with. And I don't even know what the right situation is to never propose in the first place. I suppose. Yeah, and well, also that stems from his own. Like upbringing, like his, he's not sure. I'm sure that's. But uh, they go over it in their song together that there's all these things they're not saying to one another. Yeah. They clearly don't have any communication. But, but they both have their own sets of fears about 
being together in a does couple anyone, and they don't talk about Does anyone else feel like you shouldn't complain to your significant other about like little things like cheese and there's, yeah, okay, there's toes, a, But there's like, a difference between there are things they're talking about in there that are complaining about minor things. But they're also talking about like larger issues about being scared of things and like what yeah. her fears are, what his yeah. fears are, and they don't talk about those. Yeah. Little things are just a symptom of the larger. Right. They start out yeah. with the little things, but they build to the, the I larger guess. things. I, I, thought, I don't know. I guess I see those fears as universal. Maybe the, I, I don't know. So you universal and not scared of like you know like you know that that you won't be together forever if you're getting married. Yeah. But like, then shouldn't you? talk about them to yeah, I just feel like everyone know. has those fears. I think you just do, said, but then just, like, we should all just assume we're all having Everyone who's not like blindly deluded. Which is advice is to bottle all of your feelings. <laughs> Alright, hold on. So <laughs> Wait, so it's like, like, yeah, right. yeah, I mean, like, you know, what if there was a demon that went in there and reinforced those things and gave him a vision of, you know, what he might have thought would happen because it's a demon giving him this vision. I mean, yeah. You gotta weigh that in there with his decision. I mean, it's, you know, he could have talked about it or done something smarter, but that's not what he's known for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I guess Rash decisions is what he's known for. I mean, like, you know, he was very well manipulated to do that, presumably. Yeah. But yeah. A, a really, really very tiny, true. small part I, that I love is that. We don't get until what is that season six or seven, the revelation about when they're, when they're fighting over what she's going to do, Buffy's going to do about Anya, and she says, "Do you remember what you told me? What you said Willow said?" And Willow and like Willow's like, "I never said that." So they're like, years have gone by when Buffy is thinking that Willow had said that to her, and like I just that that small yeah. callback was like, well, that's an awesome arc to throw in there at the end. Uh, what about Xander's framed tool set over his sofa? That was one thing I was, sorry, that's like totally <laughs> random, but uh, that's like a ridiculous Man, props that I know. Yeah, it was, it's just funny to me, sorry. Um, I thought they're weird bed with the stuff all over it. Sunken, question? sorry. <laughs> random question. Random right? question. We like random questions. Sure. Why is there no new Slayer after Buffy comes into the portal? Because she already died. And there's already Faith, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. You only get one death. Oh, yeah, because yeah, Faith was still hanging around. Yeah. But Faith was, Faith was the second. Because mm-hmm. there was Kendra, and then there was Faith. Right. Yeah, because after well, the first the first twice. death triggers it. Any yeah. subsequent deaths after that don't count. Well, uh, there was also one thing uh, a fan theory uh, that we could talk about because we're at season seven now with Willow Willow's spell that made all the potential slayers, Ooh, and it's that theorized one, yeah. that did she did that spell actually kill all all the girls and bring them back in order to bring them all bring them all at the same time as Slayers again. I don't know, I just thought it was an interesting theory. I never thought about that. It's neat. Yeah, cause like, well how do, I mean, cause you know, this spell, it was like a really powerful spell and then there's like this white light and Willow's all like super white Willow, Willow and then, yeah. I don't know, that was just one article that uh, somebody posted in one of our event pages. Those what are the rules of this universe? You're at a point of Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna give one more prop wildly small thing based on all the huge things we've been talking about. Um, 
I can't remember his name. The actor who plays Holden Webbs. That the, the he was so good. He's one of Wheaton's yeah. regular guys. He gets used yeah. in Firefly again, yeah. and that's just one of those things. Like you get a really good character actor who just <clears throat> really fills that apart and like feels comfortable playing with it, and like he clearly was having fun with that. Like it's like the Joel Gray thing. Like when you get somebody who's just really great in a in a thing, I love seeing that, and that's something Joss Whedon manages to pull off a lot. Uh, what what's oh my god I can't think of his name Nathan Fillion Nathan Fillion Fillion uh, uh, oh yeah he's amazing as the fucking well his creepy his guy. accent's a little I don't know it's yeah. a little forced but I mean we were talking no, but about as far as using creepy, using misogyny as a villain yeah. like that pastor that he's definitely a serial killer pastor right? oh yeah. yeah oh yeah, yeah. okay just uh, yeah just like to when confirm he, that, yes I just wanted to confirm just to confirm. Evil. Yeah. yeah. We're all yeah. in agreement. But, uh, and, and you're just bringing that as character actor, and Nathan. Like I, good. I've always thought of um, uh, the gospel singer, the uh-huh. Harry Cruz novel. Has anyone read that? No. I, I'm convinced that, that that feeds into that. Oh, really? You're too. picturing Nathan yeah. Fillion when you're reading that? Yeah. <laughs> just like the, it's this really creepy novel. Oh, I'm going to read it. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna read it. I can't talk to you about it now. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Has anyone um, um, actually read all the? I haven't read all the Buffy comics. Well, I read the season read eight, eight ones. What How ha- are they? What the happens? Yeah. They're, they're up and down. Yeah. 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 So. Really good if you like need more Buffy. Well, because I've read like where the story kind of goes in like the Buffy wiki that in the comics and I'm always like oh like not too thrilled like the writing's not as sharp yeah um also though with comics like I've seen them and the I I like alternative comic drawing more so and the drawings are just way commercial for me so that's mm-hmm. another reason why I don't read it um but yeah one thing I like about their existence is that it allows them to do stuff that would have been too expensive to do with live action mm-hmm. and special oh, yeah. effects didn't John John turn into a giant or yeah. something? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I think it's a missed opportunity. Like they should have done it better. That's all. Yeah. That's my yeah, cartoon show. No, I like. I think the writing could have been just from where I see where the storylines go. I'm like I look. The drawings are really commercialized looking. Like it's you know it could be it could have been draw as I draw comics. So I mean I'm gonna be more critical over it. But it could have been drawn better and, and have it For be sure. really, really cool. So that's all I'm saying. It's a shame. I've, I've read a lot of the um, kind of Buffy conference type stuff, but I, I had, like I said earlier, I haven't read a lot much online in terms of fan writing and theories and the comics. And my friend Adam told me last night that there's a theory you guys probably are all familiar with about the Whedon universe and how it fits together is that um, like Cabin in the Woods, when the gods, uh, you know, the, the sacrifice That's goes... That's the initiative. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the god, the god, but the gods... It's the initiative. Yeah. But then the gods take over the earth and humans have to go into space. And that's yeah. how Firefly. Oh, yeah. I oh, yeah. Wow. together. Yeah. Uh, there is... There, like, yeah. Joss has made a weed and verse. Like, I mean, also, one other fan thing was um, the mayor was actually... He's mentioned in Firefly as, like, a general of... Uh, Sorry, it's been a minute since I watched. Because like, what, what's the evil? What's either. the evil army? Because I know they're like, they're like being, they're fighting Wait, the patriarchy. What are we talking about? Firefly. Firefly evil. The, what are they called? 
Oh, the yeah. What's the, the what's it central? Uh, Can, uh, I was say. Central planets. You mean like what is the yeah. the alliance? The alliance. Okay, and well, and the mayor was actually a general for the alliance, and it was like mentioned in a line or whatever. So it was like a funny little Joss Whedon thing put in there. He does have to do that. Yeah. So. Okay, yeah, All we right. should close up. Are we closing the coffin on this? Yeah. All right, um, so thank you. Beth, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. good idea, Beth. Let's have a round of applause for Beth. This is yeah. very nice. No, this has been like, this has been in, an incredible like program. I've enjoyed it. Uh, the podcast is um, on iTunes, so if you ever want to revisit, give a listen. This will be going up soon. I didn't post last week's because I was just like too busy with Halloween this week. But it'll be going up. And um, we will probably be doing another re rewatch because a number of the lecturers have told me that they like really enjoyed this. So yes. we We have to uh, like there'll be uh, we'll have to do voting. some sort of we'll voting situation. Yeah, we have to agree on a fandom. Yeah, we, have, like, we should make some rules. Like one, I think like with a rewatch, it should be a show that's over. Yeah, okay. yeah. that's one thing. Yeah. But. Um, uh, so that would be one rule. So we're, we're gonna have to make up rules. We're gonna have to make up yeah. rules. We didn't worse the KRD in Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> It'll that be the good. only one of its kind. Um, but yeah, so that that's it. The Buffy rewatch is done. Yay! Yay. We did it. Thank you, everyone. Oh, yeah.